You're listening to Just Ask Malia with Malia Horde of the Malia Realty Group in Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, everybody. This is Malia with the Malia Realty Group, and we are back around the bourbon table today. And we have a really special guest, Aaron Hutchinson, and he is the publisher of the Bluegrass Real Producers. So this is just a wonderful premier publication for Central Kentucky's top performing real estate agents. And boy, does he have a great story that we're going to peel back and learn all about. So welcome, Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I am uh, thrilled to be here at the happy place. So thanks so much for joining us today and coming to the bourbon table to share your story. We love the opportunity to get to learn about people like you and how you started what you started and all the great stories that you can share with us. But first, tell us, how the heck did you get into publication? Yeah, it, this is, is unique because I'm usually telling someone else's story or letting them tell theirs. So being on the other side of this is is kind of fun. But Real Producers, I got involved with our franchise uh, about 10 years ago now. Actually, it was 2013. So I was still coaching college baseball. If you know anything about college baseball, you um, you don't make a lot of money as a coach. So I needed a part-time income. So found a franchisee and actually started selling advertising for him up in uh, Northeast Ohio. Come full circle now, Real Producers was still three years from being born, but I got into uh, our company, which is called the N2 Company, with selling advertising and running a publication. Like It's a lot more than just selling ads. It's getting to know people. It's trying to do something to help them whether it's sharing their story or helping them grow their business, kind of come full circle to real producers. I was looking for an opportunity to run one of these platforms because we started this in 2015 and started to grow a little in 2016 and 17. RP was still trying to figure this out of what's the right way to do events? What's the right type of content to have? Who are the right people to have involved in this? Uh, And I just saw it grow. And I loved the idea of this being business relationships all around from myself to the agents, from myself to the affiliates who are the sponsors that advertise with us. And knowing that the relationship between realtor and affiliate is vital and that we could be a piece of that to make introductions and to help people grow their business. You bring up a great point because we've talked about it time and time again. I believe any business that you're in, whether it's a banker, a lender, photographer, someone that is selling a product or service, we are all in a relationship building business. And in order to grow, you've got to form those relationships. Otherwise, it's a one and done and you're constantly chasing after that that rabbit to get the next deal. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I tell businesses that when, when, when I'm meeting with them and seeing if they are the right affiliate for us, that the publication is a catalyst of everything we do. That's how we celebrate agents. That's how we share their story. And we send it to a very uh, elite group of realtors. Realtors have to earn the publication year in and year out. So our publication here goes to the top 300 realtors based on residential real estate. That list changes every year depending on who the top 300 are. So do you base it on every year or by month? Because I would think sometimes it would fluctuate. Correct. Yep. So basically... um, now that uh, this is going to be in the beginning of 2024, the mailing list for this year will be the top 300 producing agents from all of 2023. They will receive the publication for an entire year, completely free to them, have a chance to be featured in the publication, and then also attend our events, uh, get to know others in the field. 
So is that a good caveat for a new agent or an aspiring agent that wants to grow their business to say, hey, I want to be a part of that group and I want to work really hard? What if they move from 310 on the list to 300 or 290 somewhere in the year? Do they get to call you up and say, Aaron, can I come to the club? Well, as far as getting the publication physically, we typically don't have any, we don't have a lot of alterations that happen during that year. Now, now data is data. So sometimes things are missed. Sometimes things just aren't scrubbed the right way. So I've had that where someone is in that case where they actually help me get some of their data and I match it against ours. So I have added people to the list where we just missed them. Now there's only like two or three that that happened with. So, but that, that example there, they were number 310 last year. So let's just say nothing was off and they are truly number 310. So they're not going to receive the publication this year, but they're invited to all of our events, knowing that this could be one of those things to help them as an entrepreneur to grow and to excite them about saying, I want to receive this. I want to earn this. And I want to be a part of this group of elite performers. So we invite them to our events, knowing that those relationships at those events could truly be the difference of one deal because a relationship could help them close a deal or get a referral or anything that comes with with what realtors do. And- and I think even another value added is as being part of a real producer, you know, top 300 with you. And I appreciate that. It's when we go to your events and we see the newer agents or the agents that are coming up the ranks with their business. When you reach that level of success, you want to give back and you want to mentor and you want to be able to help them get to where you are because success is lonely. And if you can change the way they approach things or just change their mindset or how they do an activity just through a simple conversation. That's the true definition of success, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and it seems like in real estate that agents can be on their own 95% of the time. Yeah. As far as connecting with other like-minded business owners, like they might be working with clients one-on-one, but the true connecting with other agents could never happen. They could alienate themselves completely. Correct. And sometimes that lonely street, I think, can be detrimental to just what entrepreneurs, what we go through all the time. Right. You know, do I even think I belong here? Am I not successful because of this or because of that? So that's what I love about our events is to bring the top performers together to collaborate and to truly build better connections with one another because there's nothing there to fight about. Nobody's there to sell anybody anything else. And... Lo and behold, you can know someone's name for years and years and years and have never shaken their hand. Yeah. And that's what I love about being able to, to hook people up. Well, and I think too, when you are successful in your business and confident about your business and doing running your business like a business, you're not worried about other people's business. I always tell people that busy people are worried about what intentional people are doing. Intentional people don't care what busy people are doing. Because I'm not worried about someone taking my business because I'm confident that there's always more business. And I think your group of the real producers, we know there's a big pie out there, mm-hmm. right? Across the nation, what we did, $6.1 million, million transactions two years ago. Last year, we did 5.1 million transactions across the United States. That's 10.2 sides. And this year, I think they're looking at probably point. Five million. There's still nine million sides here in Lexington. If you look at the amount of sales that we had, 
I'm not worried about someone getting one sale. I'd rather lose that sale than lose the relationship. And I believe the first relationship starts with the agent. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And the relationship side, I've already heard this happen where I don't have agents on record because I will never do that. I say, uh, you know, let's say you have a listing and you have five offers that come in. How much, now you're divulging all information to your client, but how much are you also divulging what you know about that realtor and how they are as a collaborator? Or are they someone who's really, really hard to work with? Ultimately, their client is going to pick what deal they feel is best. But if agent number one, you know, has the offer in and they're notorious for beating people up and that price then gets completely slashed, that may not be the best deal. So that's what I have already heard that agents who have met each other and have a better relationship, they love seeing people that they know submit offers on homes that they're helping their clients sell because they know the relationship is going to be held the right way. And it's not like someone's going to be a knucklehead. And I couldn't agree with you more. We always start our conversation when we go under contract with agents is congratulations, our client accepted your offer. If we've received that, hey, you're the winning offer. That's great. From here on out, I just want you to know that everyone on my team is part of your team. We consider us a team together to get both our clients to the closing table because if my client gets there and yours doesn't, there's no closing and vice versa. So we are going to make this the best transaction for our clients, even if we have to negotiate and, and do things out, you know, without bringing all that drama to the table. There's no reason for that. It's business. Let's conduct things as professionals. And I think that's what most of those agents and the real producers are all looking for. Yeah. Collaboration happens yeah. at the top. And that is consistent, I think, in a lot of professions. Like you look, you look at sports. I know. Baseball is I know. Yeah. I, when you there, said right? baseball, I was like, I can't wait to get to the baseball because, you know, <laughs> total diehard baseball mama. <laughs> we could go all the way there. So I look at that even among, let's just say, the, the top performers in Major League Baseball, like the top two shortstops, they may only play each other five times a year, but yeah. they're, oath, they're both out to do what's best for themselves to be the best version of themselves so that they could be known as number one, number two, whatever, if, if they care about that type of thing. So I think like you look at all-star teams, they're put together for a certain reason, but you can tell like there's just collaborative minds there that they think and act and, and I think train a different way. They they perform obviously a different way, but the intentionality behind how they get there, I think is, is very similar no matter what profession we're looking at. You've got elite performers who do certain things and they do it at a very high level, but it's the monotonous things that lower performing in any like fill in the blank, lower performing whatever um, just they don't prefer those tasks or it's just not their skill set. So I, I think that the collaborative minds will always stand out and will always have a place. And where things are happening with real estate, with all these online companies and different things, that's what I love about real producers is we're keeping agents the main focus. And if we can keep relationships there, there's always going to be a place for real estate agents. And you know, I've, I don't know how long the, old the profession is up until this point, but it's it's got a long ways to go still so I'm, I'm excited about that you have done a great job with this and for those that didn't know real producers before today you took over real producers back in 2020 i i took over the franchise in the let's just say september 1 of 2022 yeah and quite a difference because you know with a lot of businesses and a lot of franchises 
as well. They start, you get an owner in and everybody's gun ho and driving that business. And then all of a sudden doing those same things over and over again, that may not be so much fun, aren't the glamorous, don't have all the bells and whistles, but you have to have some of that grind to have a great event or to have a great features article. And it, if, you, if you're not committed to the goal, if you're not committed and passionate about what you're doing, you die off. And this magazine died off. So tell us how you got it. Yeah. So knowing knowing that that RP was here for a short time. Now the previous owner also uh, hit hit her her first deadline, and two weeks later the pandemic happened. Yeah. So up against a lot, and oh, we're getting in front of people and connections and relationships matter. Now you can't do that. Where that's a part of the platform. It was also a hard time there because now our sales cycles turned to Zoom. Because people couldn't get in front of people confidently just for what, whatever reasons back in 2020. That's where when I came, so so the publication closed and then uh, I bought the franchise about two years later. And I had spent a year, um, so I, I left our company. I was here for eight years, left for one year. It's kind of my sabbatical. Um, but Sometimes you have to go to come back. Correct. But but during when COVID hit, so I was, I was still with the organization um, for about a year and a half uh, during that time frame. I wasn't comfortable with Zoom. I just wasn't. I felt that it was awkward and weird to connect with people. It just didn't work out well for me. So when I had left, the role I was in was a national recruiting role where I was growing, let's just say franchisees for this other organization nationwide. And all I did was Zoom. Like literally that was my job. I'd meet with someone in California and then 10 minutes later, I'm meeting with someone in Florida. So um, I forced myself into doing Zoom meetings and learning how to build rapport over Zoom, how to truly turn it into the feeling like you're actually in front of them in person because that's what the role became well and you're trying to build a relationship and relationships are a lot of that comes from the body language and from that face-to-face and feeling that energy between each other so you had to find that on zoom yeah yeah and i I still do that i still do that because i'm i'm kind of a unicorn in real producers that i think i'm the first one to do this where it's my only publication and I don't live in the market, so I do everything virtually. And then I'm in the market physically when we have events. And then, you know, a few, usually about, let's say, every month, every other month for a few days at a time. So I forced myself to understand how to use the platforms that we're given. And that's probably the good thing that came out of COVID was the ability to use Zoom. Uh, because for me, it's a necessity now. It's how, you know, it's it's how my business is run. Well, and it's able to. It's kind of like what airplanes did to travel, yeah. right? Yep. You or for for businesses to be able to work nationally, internationally, taking the car and replacing it with the airplane. I think we took, you know, the face to face with Zoom, and I think in twenty twenty, you either had to reinvent yourself, or you 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 crashed and burned. Yep, yep. And I'm I'm a I'm a FIO kind of person, and that was. From baseball, I used to coach when I coached. I would say that's FIO. It was figure it out. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs who succeed. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an FIO mentality. Like you have to figure it out because for me, there, there's no plan B. And I'm a firm believer in that. Don't have a plan B. It distracts you from plan A and go at what you need to. So uh, to get this up and running, I took it over in, in um, September of 22 and had a four month, what we call ramp up, which is behind the scenes where you're meeting with people uh, meeting with realtors, hearing their story, meeting with affiliates, finding out which ones are going to be on board with you and, and sign on to be clients. 
So we deadlined January 1st of 23, which then we published a month later. So February of 23 was our first uh, publication. We just hit our 12th deadline. So we're, uh, you know, right about our first year anniversary, which that time you know, flies by like anything does. But um, it's allowed me to see other opportunities. I've since, I, I coach other new franchisees also around the country. And, you know, where we are now, sicknesses have come back where people are down for the count. And I'm like, well, let me teach you how to shift for that time period, for that week that you might right. need it to you shift everything to Zoom to, to do this because you can still keep the business moving forward and you can do it a little quicker because you don't have to get in the car and go anywhere. You can be more mindful of the time. If someone's late, it's it's easier to navigate that. So I've also found that it's easier to call someone today, meet them tomorrow on Zoom than it is exactly. call them today, meet them for coffee tomorrow. Coffee can be this weird, how long is it going to be kind of meeting sometimes. And, and most of my meetings are 45 minutes to an hour max. And right, there's no commute time. You can stop what you're doing and literally commit 45 minutes to an hour tops and, and be back to doing what's needed. So it's interesting. I was just on a seminar with, you know, Brendan Bouchard and you know, he's one of the top life coaches uh, and he has growth day. And so every morning I listen to that and he talked about how we always plan these meetings that are about an hour long or two hours long and we get lost in meetings. Why don't we just try to do meetings that are 15 minutes or half an hour because then you get right in and you get the work done. I think that's what Zoom has helped us do as well is here we can pop on, we can pop off and we can get right back to where we were. You talk a lot about coaching, and I love that because, you know, my son, Brendan, he's last year D1 baseball. and is he, is he, This is his final year? It is. So okay. he graduated in May, and he's doing a master's, and he has one season left. So crushing the ball. Catcher, so, right? He's a catcher. Catcher, right? Okay. Um, and he's smacking it. That ball is his. And he's been offered some coaching positions, and he's doing a leadership class, which is more about leadership, project management, and how it will take it in. And I keep feeling that all of your lessons to make this so successful really go back to those coaching days where, you know, tell me some of the lessons that you learned in coaching that you were able to implement into making this magazine so successful. That's, oh, this, I don't, I hope to not hurt any feelings (laughs) on this one for anyone listening. (laughs) I think success leads clues, right? And you're obviously building something so duplicable that other people can learn from the franchises, the agents, right? Planning events, making the connections, showing people how to build those relationships. But you've learned these lessons. So let's have some fun with those. Yeah. My my career, I mean, I in my house you always played a sport. Yes. Every season of the year, you you didn't take a season off from stuff. And that wasn't my parents forcing us to do anything. It was just you stayed active. It helped you learn camaraderie, learn teamwork in different atmospheres. So let me ask you a question real quick. When you grew up, did you have four different seasons of sports or did you play the same sport? Oh, Tell me. You no, know, all four different, well, three, now three it's sports. Now it's one sport. Three when sports over four seasons. Yeah, yeah, so it was, you know, the kid had grown up with soccer in the fall. It was basketball until I learned in fifth grade that I was not good at basketball and didn't like it. And I'm a middle child, so I'm a little weird anyway. I, I wrestled. I started wrestling in sixth grade and then all the way through my senior high school. So I think that, uh, I think wrestling shaped me differently than my brothers or, or others that I know because it's, it's it can be a lonely place. And uh, it, I think it's it's one of those things that, that allows you to grow up quickly and learn some mental toughness and you got to go do stuff because it's just you. So then it was baseball in the spring, baseball in the summer. My dad was our, our high school baseball coach. 
uh, which is not easy when you're the son of a coach. So my dad had been the head coach for, uh, let's say, 10 years before I even got into high school. Grew up around the program. Funny part is, is your your dad's a little tougher on you than than Absolutely. you than others. Like there was a day, my brother's a old, year older than I am, so we grew up playing with one another. And if you were late to practice, you had to run. Like that was a thing in high school. You had to run poles, and that was a thing. So we're late to practice one day, and um, our dad makes us run. And we're like, <laughs> Dad, you drove us. <laughs> Neither one of us have a license. We were late. Does he get to run with you? No, no. no but we were late because of him, and we're out there. Me and my brother only are out there running. And he, standards, he, he, the Hutchison boys did not get any passes, and that's a, a thing we still tell. Like now, that that joke is hilarious because he giggles at it and he remembers it now. But it's like, come on, you, you made us run. So, but then got into coaching. So I played college baseball. I was a catcher. Um, I I was a catcher, and the team that I played for. Uh, as a catcher, you were in every pitching meeting. So you learned yep. pitching because we called our own games. So we had to manage the game within the game. Like our coaches didn't call pitches. We didn't have the sign systems that exist today. Uh, so we had to learn to manage the game. So I had to manage personalities. Every pitcher was very different. They were particular on how you set up. They were particular on where your glove was and, and even how you talk to them. So it, you've been studying people since a young age because... You have to learn the personalities of your pitchers, and then you had to learn all the players of the game. Yep. And then knowing, you know, trying to remember how you threw the guy last time, you know, talking about the batter or where he stood up standing this time in the box, if you notice anything with his hands. Like, there's a lot of little quick things you got that I tried to pick up on. Um, and I took them for granted when I was doing it. But I think looking back, it's helped shape me into trying to see things before they happen. Mm-hmm. And dealing with pitchers, uh, left-handed pitchers in particular, are the, the craziest. They've got like multiple personalities. Like they're just different birds. They're unique. <laughs> uh, so when I got into coaching, I became a pitching coach, having never been a pitcher in my life. Because you understood the pitcher. Understood yes. it. And then I had sign systems where I called the game. So I was calling the game from a dugout, but I'm a catcher and I would think differently. And and, and when I coached pitchers, they had the 100% availability to shake off the pitch and throw whatever they wanted but they had to have a reason to do it. So you were never forced to throw what you were told to throw because if you don't believe in it, it's not going to go well. That's right. And I think in, in business, same thing. If you don't believe in it, it's not going to go well. If you've got a plan B, it's distracting you from plan A. And so you know that allowed me as a 22-year-old to learn how to communicate with 20-year-olds. Like that we're now, I'm, I'm in charge of coaching them. I'm in a different role, even though I'm two years older. Than them. Playing with them last year, I'm coaching them now. So I started coaching at the college level and uh, there's just so many different things that happen. Every school you go to is very different. Like advice to your son is don't don't get too comfortable where you're living because you might move the next year. For yeah, I tell them he's probably going to be a road rat for a while. It could happen, yeah. But you find a lot of relationships and, and I even valued that there of the players that I worked with. You know, I was growing up too. So there were things that I did that I completely regret now, just the certain ways I might have talked to someone where I would do it very different now than I, than I did then. But I was learning and I was learning how to communicate with people. I was learning how to grow myself and I was still trying to stay physically fit. I didn't have any money. So I had to literally learn how to budget and, and hustle. It sounds like all of the, the, the first year of a brand new agent, yep. you had to learn how to budget. You have no money. You have to learn the tricks of the trade. You have to learn personalities. Yep. All of that. And learn how to hustle too, because I, I went to a, a Division three school. So it was a private school. I had a ton of student loans. So the first year, I mean, 
I was a substitute teacher for two years. I have a business degree. I was a substitute teacher because I wanted to be a coach. It took me two years to find a GA position. I wanted to go to grad school solely to get the degree um, and start coaching. And I didn't want to pay for it. So I, I figured that out. It took me a while to get it. But um, I, I'll remember, like, I, I became a, a wrestling official uh, because I would talk smack about how officials were terrible. And one of my coaches were like, well, you should do something about it then. And Dang it. Okay. <laughs> Be part of the solution, and not I, the problem. And I was, and I, was, I loved it. But part of it was a necessity because it was extra income that I needed because I had student loans that were significant. I mean, it was 700 bucks a month for what was going to be 20 years in student loan payments. So do something that you're passionate about, yeah. right? Find ways to work around it to get to where your goal is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And do it for, and for this, it was for the season. So, so like officiating was a two-year season of my life because then I went to grad school and now it was full-time coaching in baseball. I was in grad school. I was in charge of recruiting. Um, I was in charge of everything. It was the head coach and myself and we had 50 players. So 50 student athletes and two guys to go to if they needed anything. Yeah. So, and so we're, we'd had over a hundred campus visits that year of families that we brought on campus to talk to their sons about coming to Bluffton University, which is Northwest Ohio and very small town America. But you learned great lessons out of that. No doubt. I mean, like people out there are listening, like yeah, he was going to school, he's coaching, he's officiating, he's recruiting, he's going on. So like parent, you know, parent tours, all of that, like you're juggling all of that, which obviously led to all these skills to build this great franchise. I mean, it's exploded. I mean, what you've done to where it was is incredible. Yeah. Thank you. It's, and it's been adopted the right way, but I'll, I'll say like, I'm a relationship person. I truly feel that. And I, I think I, people get, they get me like, I don't, I'm not able to sugarcoat stuff. Again, I'm a middle child from the east side of Columbus. Like, <laughs> we have a lot of time to fly. I'm a middle child from Jersey, so I think, yeah, I get you. Where you going? <laughs> I get it. It's, uh, it, it's different. And I, as being an outsider, like, that's the thing I've really appreciated. People have found value in what I'm trying to do because the platform is the platform. If it's run the right way, it's not about me. And again, I, I get to tell people. Say that again. Stories. If it's run the right way, it's, it's not, not about me. Out. And it's not about Perfect. where I live. That's such a great line. Yeah. I, I try to not even have like a publisher's note in here all that often, unless I feel like I have something to say, because I'd rather that space be used to share another agent story or to do something to help honor someone else within the publication to shine light on them. Because I think you do it the right way. It'll take care of itself. You take right. care of your people. I know as, as agents, you take care of your your clients, they'll take care of you where you need the right people in your court, no matter which side of the, no matter what, where they're helping, you need the right people. Well, and I always say follow the process, yeah. kind of the same way. Yeah. Like if you take care of people and you, you do the right thing and you follow the process, you're going to hit roadblocks. Yep. If you can't get through that roadblock, stop, figure it out, reassess. Yep. If you push it and yep. push that roadblock open, it's going to, it's going to land up right before that closing table and it's going to be painful yep sometimes and i know you you've mentioned this with the hard work of like a new agent that joins your team what's the dial day is a thousand dollars thousand dial day hey, first week they're on the no, team there's an automation that's dialing those or right or we do we okay. use a yep. bojo dialer does okay. a triple dialer so we'll dial three at a time but they literally yep. will sit there and the dialer will do it but the phone will answer right. and it's teaching them how to speak it's teaching them how to have a conversation people say script practicing we like to say, well, we want to teach you how to have the right conversations yep. because so many times we're reactionary when somebody 
comes up to us, how's real estate? How's the market? And I hear agents all the time, oh, well, the market's tanking. And my first answer is, well, which market do you want to know Compared about? to what? <laughs> do you want to know about the buyer's market, the seller's market, the investor market, right. the new build market, the commercial market? There's there's so many different markets. Right. And homeownership's always going to win. I'm yeah. full proponent that not only will homeowners have more net worth than a renter, but it's the best and easiest way to build wealth. Yep. Yep. And life moves the market. Not, That's right. Not, I mean, rates can move houses, but life moves the market all the time. And, you know, I, I think like if you, you bring an agent on and you tell them like, you're going to have a thousand dollar day, oh, that doesn't sound tough until you're in it. And then you're, you're in it and you figure it out, wow, this is tough. But like you're saying, like, keep pushing through that because you have a process. We have a process with the way that ours works. And it's up to us as franchisees to make that happen because nobody's going to go do it for you. You know, you're not going to get inbound phone calls all the time. Like that's not, that's not there. You just have to be on offense more than you're on defense. And, and you're a hundred percent right. And as you build those processes and you build that business and you build those relationships, you begin to realize that having high standards and high expectations is not a bad thing. No. There were so many years that I was in this business that people were like, oh, you, you do all this and you do that and this. And I was almost apologizing for it. Yes. And when I look back now, I realized that that created such strong relationships, not only with the agents, with my brokerage, with our affiliates, but most importantly, with our clients, mm -hmm. to know that no matter what, our standards and our expectations and our integrity will never be compromised. And that hasn't always been easy because it's made us reevaluate some team members. It's made us reevaluate the path that we were on. It's made us reevaluate, you know, having hard conversations with people to say, like, like these these are non-negotiable. Right. Right. We know it works. It's the foundation of it. And, you know, like any foundation of a home, if it's crumbling, it's only a matter of time before that house falls. Could be now, it could be 20 years from now. That's right. It's our foundation, right? Yeah. Every house has a foundation, yep. and if it's not strong, yep. it's eventually going to fall down. Right. So, we've uh, we we figured that out. And thousand dollar day scared us. I mean, when we joined Place, and that became one of our expectations, it scared us, and so we put it off for two months. And we'll never put it off again That's because wow. there were conversations in those two months where agents didn't want to do twenty calls a day, but once we did the thousand calls in one day. I ask an agent to do a hundred calls a day. It's it's a no brainer then. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. And in this market, that phone and building those relationships so that we can get a face to face and have that appointment where we can really learn about what their strategy is to build, you know, to build a home or to, you know, build out their real estate plan is so is so crucial. Yep. And, and relationships don't go out of style. That's the thing I think some people have gone to their presence on a social media platform or trying to communicate without their voice and literally with their thumbs all the time and feel like that's the way to only grow business. Now that can be a way and is a way for a lot of people, but what there, there's a relationship there, the way someone feels about someone else, that's right. part of that relationship. So where you have it with clients and affiliates and same thing with us, it's, it's, it's not going to go out of style. The best realtors are always going to be the best realtors, right? Cause we're saying the best the top 300 this year, next year will be a different top 300 next year. So there will be some some variance that happens there, but um, the, the true elite performers in real estate I have found do this at a different level. They care about knowing the agent on the other side because 
I might sell a home once every seven years. You're going to sell seven homes this week. <laughs> you have more, it's true. more experience, <laughs> right? You and that agent are going to last yeah. longer than that deal will. And you're going to sell more homes this week than that person will buy or sell in the next five years. So I think that expertise, that's why you know, people listening here, working with a true professional and a top realtor matters. And if they're not you know, researching that realtor, having a sit down consultation or, or even interviewing one or two different agents to figure out who's the best for them. I think that matters where you just, you get someone out of nowhere or someone's aunt who knew the mailman's milkman once who just became a realtor last week and he's never done the deal before and has no aspirations of doing it full time. That could be struggle. Well, and, and, and just to show it, you know, probably 70% of the consumers that go out there usually go with the first agent they talk to they really, well. when they're picking up and using online sources. And I understand that. I I always feel that it's our obligation to say, hey, we'd love to interview for the job. Yeah. Like, this is important. This is your biggest financial investment yeah. that you're making. It may not be the biggest one of your life, but right now it's the biggest one. And we want to make sure that you are taken care of and you're guided through the process and you have a place to ask the questions and get the information and and the resources that you need to make good decisions for your family. Right. And I think the clout that comes with it also matters where you might have that consult and then they don't interview anyone else. You've done a great job. Your reputation likely precedes you. The referral that came in was a big part of that. So I think that's where top agents continue to perform at a high, high level. Systems are different. Uh, their, Their ability to grind out whatever they need to in their reputation, all that's now playing together. And it's hard to expedite that. You can't do that in year one. Sometimes you can do it in year two. Like it's, it just takes time. And then I, I bet there's a lot of agents that just kind of peter out because they they thought it's the long game. They thought it was going to happen quicker than it did. They just thought everyone that they knew would want to buy a house with them. And it's like, well, that's you may not be the right person right now. So, well, and I always tell people, no doesn't mean never. Right. It right. just means not now. Right. And. Unless they're telling you, don't ever call me again or I have another agent, um, and we will always respect they have another agent. We'll always have um, protect that agency relationship with our peers because we believe that's so important. Um, I tell them, keep asking because everybody likes to be invited into something. Yep. That's why like we love our happy place because now we can have those, like you, the events. Yep. We can invite people in and have a mastermind around our happy bar or have, you know, an engagement party or have, you know, Woman Leading Kentucky, we did something. We just did a purse auction to support young lives and had 75 ladies in here bidding on purses so that we could, you know, give $6,000 to help teen moms. I mean, that's what we want to do is when you reach that level of success, you want to try and find different ways that you can touch more people and impact more people and bring them into your world to help them have a better life or be the best that they can be. Yeah. And I, I see that like your articles in there with the rising stars and the top producer of the month. I mean, I've learned so much about my peers so that when we do go to your events, I'm like, I feel like I know them so much more. And then I'm able to, and I probably get more from those articles than I do. Oh, it really peels back those stories. And that's where, that's where the, the butter is without question and that's that's what i love that our articles are, are short to consume but they're it's it's for agents to get to know their peers 
on a better scale, on a more personal scale. It doesn't have to mean everything that's ever happened in their lives because sometimes that's that's private. We're going to keep that away. So, But it's how do we help be a part of a good relationship or deepening one or starting a new relationship? I see that happen in our events. Uh, it, it's amazing how many agents that I've met where I go, hey, do you two know each other? And they don't, or, or sorry, they know of each other's name and they may have done deals together. They've never been in the same place. They've never shaken hands. And I'm in that moment, I'm like, well, meet so-and-so. I bet you have been the clue or the magnet between people that have made some magic happen. In in some cases too. And that's the thing I've I've appreciated about Central Kentucky is that we're not creating, we've created something that didn't exist. There was a void in the market of a place for top agents to truly connect and share their stories. Amen. There's a great culture here. We're just helping showcase it and giving it a platform for it to to exist because it was here. We didn't have to create it. This wasn't a, a market where people hated each other and it was just, oh, real producers save the day. That's that's not it because that's a harder thing to do in RP is to do something like that. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of those markets across the country, but it's taking the great stories that are already there and giving them a platform. It's, it's having a podcast to give a platform to somebody to share something like Somebody will hear this podcast and they will think different or act different. It might be for a period of time. It might not change your life forever. And that's okay. Well, and I think there's, and you tell me instead of me assuming, but it, do you see that there may be some kind of preconceived idea of what a top producer is like in terms of a personality? Um, oh, my Because goodness. I think yes. your stories, you get down to the heart, but... It, I feel that sometimes the perception is just hard-nosed people, like arrogant, intense, and we are. We're, we have a lot of intensity to us and sure. a lot of drive and a lot of passion. I think sometimes our passion is misunderstood for <laughs> like intensity. But, right, right. but I mean, what, what is the perception that you hear about like top producers? Like The perception too, and it's funny because sometimes I'll put it to two affiliates where they'll say, oh, oh, the, uh, that person, they, they might look at a top realtor and think they have no shot to service them or to be a part of their circle. Or they might think a certain way about a realtor. And I'm like, do you know their story at all? And usually that answer is no. Now I'll insert part like, hey, well, did you know that, 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 that this is part of their life or this is why they do what they do or this is a board they sit on or this is a nonprofit they support. And the looks that I get are just this, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And it's not like I'm trying to badger that person, but the perception that can be out there and we never connect with that person and what do we build in our head? And, and I think those things take us down the wrong paths where social media can be the imposter syndrome a lot of times. I think even agent to agent and where that agent is using it to market themselves to their consumers, other agents see it and they might feel a different way about that realtor. And then they meet each other in person and it's like, wow, I never knew you were this type of person. And I think that's, again, back to relationships don't go out of style is they also change. We've, I think sometimes we just haven't seen a counterpart for so long. We feel like there's a distance there and we don't know why it exists. And it's just because neither of us have been intentional about getting together. So I've seen that at our events where agents have said, why have we why have we stopped getting coffee together? And there was no rhyme or reason to it. She got busy and that happens. So the intentionality, we do our events quarterly on purpose because monthly is too frequent. And you know, once a year would be, if you miss it, you're here a year later. Like that's just, it's too infrequent. 
So we found quarterly works extremely well for us. And I take a lot of pride in our events because there are a lot of work. People don't understand the phone calls, the, the text, the emails oh, to get man. agents there. There's a lot to it. You get a lot from me. So you're like, oh yeah, amen. <laughs> but for me, it's it's also to help the affiliates who are sponsoring this. They want to build better connections with top agents. So for them, it's it's vital to see five or six of the agents that they work with frequently because they're the same. They, they don't have time to take them all out for coffee every month or lunch every month because they're busy running their business. But being in front of their people and their circle of influence matters. And helping them, helping our affiliates see the people that feed their business allows it to be this relationship because our platform's free to realtors. The affiliates who pay for advertising are the reason this exists. And it's really a matter of shining light on the agents and the affiliates, they get the clout for why this exists. And I think you're right that a lot of times when we walk into the events, it's like, haven't we spent more time? And I think when 2020 happened, right, COVID, everybody talks about Everybody remembers where they were when COVID, yep. Yep. when everything shut down. I don't think you can ask one person, let's say maybe they were two or three, where were you when you were told to go home? Yep. Um, and we either adapted or we closed out. Yep. And some people are still in that closed out kind of coveted stay at home mode. And I think most of us have come out and are trying to re-engage but those of us that adapted, we had to refigure how to do business like you did yeah. over Zoom. Agents had to figure out how to do open houses over Zoom yep. and with FaceTime. And we're still doing it with people relocating here. We're doing FaceTime and video tours for them so that they can see property and buy across the state. So we got our heads down and we buckled down and we just went to work because there was still work out there. Half the agents didn't know how to adapt. Half our clients didn't know how to adapt. So we had to go on overdrive. And we were close out from everybody. So it was easier just to work. And now we use the social media platforms to say, well, I can't see you face to face. So let me tell you how wonderful I am and glamorous, right? (laughs) Right. And it's just been amazing the last three years from my perspective. And I feel like I'm the older generation, right? Then the younger generation where I'm looking at it and wondering about the authenticity yeah. of people. Yeah. And I hear that from all generations. Uh, oh, they're so perfect or, oh, perception's reality. And everybody's trying to change that perception to build their own reality. Yeah. And these face-to-faces get us back to what reality is. And the reality of what an agent goes through in a transaction I, I do appreciate the 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 posts that come out about like what you think versus what's real. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, Nick Ryliff, him and I. This was like back in March. Uh, I was here and and we were just getting together for for like a, a early dinner or something. And uh, it, it, he had like sawdust on his shoulder, and I was like, Nick, what's this? And uh, he was like, Oh, and he told me the story of what he, he had to go get a chainsaw to cut something down at a, at a you know, at a property they were working with. And I'm like, you you do that? And, and so I've, I've just heard, I've learned that agents spend more time keeping deals together. That's where I think the true professionalism happens in real estate. The presentation of elegant brand and all of this look, like that is a that is a marketing piece. It's why shampoo sells because the marketing of the label looks a certain Good way. Point. Yeah, it's why uh, wine gets bought by the label. So 
I do understand that, but I also see that some agents go, I don't want that to be me. I want to be my reputation that gets me to where I go. So it is interesting to see that in real estate, there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, but again, back to that relationship side of things, I think whatever the message is, it's got to be at its core personal or a personal connection of helping somebody. And, and that's what I appreciate about our platform is it's it's helping people through and through. Like that's that's the way that I look at it. And some affiliates will be a part a partner with us for a short period of time. And then, you know, they might be with us for a year or two and they're like, ah, oh, well, this isn't, hasn't worked out. And what I tell businesses is that if they're looking at our publication as a marketing avenue, they're not looking at the right way. That's right. Like this is a part of it. Yes, there's an expense. So your your line item might say marketing on your PL, but it, this is a relationship building platform. And like our customer care program for your and your agents are your customer, right? That's exactly it. And and we can't do the work for them. So we can uh, we, we can set up the the event. We can uh, we can tee up introductions, but at the end of it, they still have to follow through on what they said they were going to do. And same thing with us, we have to follow through on what we said we were going to do. And we're not perfect at all that. I mean, it's me and I have a small team, so uh, we do mess up, and you know we we try to make everything right. And at, at the core of it, I'm much like you. What you said, like I would rather lose the deal than the relationship, and because that is valuable to me. Um, and really I want our brand to be someone where people go, you should look at being a part of that because of X, Y, and Z, not to say you should, you should do that because if you spend this, you will get this out of it. If somebody's trying to equate that, they should not partner with us. They, they really shouldn't because they will beat their head against the wall trying to figure out where every deal came from. This has to be a no brainer. Truly does. Let me ask you this question. It was a great question that I went to see John Maxwell um, down in Charlotte last month, and he gave me this idea. Who do who's the one person that you think top producer agents should speak to, or no? Who's the per like in the market that they should speak to? Well, anybody. Who's one person a top producer should know? Jesus. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, sorry to sorry to give a so cliche nice. answer, but I mean, if you think that this is about you and you're doing it and you lifted yourself up, like you're looking in the wrong mirror. That's right. Uh, so, uh, but if we put a human to it, that's that's living on Earth today. Um, who's a person a top agent should know? Well, Jesus is a good one. Jesus is the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what is the one book that you read so far that's made the most impact on your business? I am not someone who brags about reading 50 books a year, uh, I, but I will read a book. Oh, and I'll, when I say read, it means listen, uh, because I, I, I'm an audible listener. So I, uh, I, will, I don't listen to a book once. I listen to it two or three times. So I'll go back to them. And a lot of the books that have, that have impacted me recently have become the stage of where I am in my business. I feel like my business changes every three to six months. So uh, for me, it's a combination of the Ben Hardy series of 10X is easier than 2X, who, not how, and the gap in the game. Those three books are kind of like a one platform together. Um, for me, for where I am right now, those have been really good. Tell me the one life lesson that has been the most impactful. Listen, that's for me, it's been listen. That's what I did not do great as a coach when I was younger. I didn't, I tried to talk way too much instead of listening and hearing what was happening. Uh, getting married changed that for me. I'll give Denise a big shout out on that one. Well done. 
Well, I always say we have to train our husbands, right? Uh, and husbands, you have to be the more adaptable one. <laughs> and um, and that's interesting because I was talking about that um, with someone this past weekend, and I said if you had if you had presented this to me ten years ago, mm-hmm. I probably would have reacted way differently and responded. So I think we tend to respond with emotion rather than with compassion and empathy to hear what they're trying to say and uh, process through that. Um, and I think listening has been a big skill that I've learned through real estate, Yeah, listening and asking great questions. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes to knowing the right question to ask to listen, not that I have something to gain out of this, but it's going to ask this question. I don't know how you're going to answer, but I'm interested to know how how you, you would answer. Like for me, at 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said Jesus. <laughs> I would have said something else. So like that changed. Faith changed my life a lot. My, my best friend who um, was my best friend, we met in college. That's why I love my alma mater is because of baseball. Not because of the school and no knock on the school at all, but baseball brought me there. And he and I met the first day. We were in each other's weddings. There's a group of four of us that played together. We were all in each other's weddings. We don't have like an official name, but the four of us. And, and Pat- Found a little- Eternity. Own a little, yeah. So, and, and Pat brought me to faith, and um, you know, my life changed forever from that, and my family's life changed forever for that. And then, you know, sadly, we lost Pat two years ago to a rare form of cancer at 35. And you know, his his leading me to change my life has helped me understand that your time could literally be cut tomorrow. And if you're doing things the right way, like avoid the stuff that 10x is easier than 2x avoid the 80 percent that's not getting you what you need like go to the 20 percent and do it extremely well so you have to eliminate a lot that might be advice like to my 10 year or 22 year old self eliminate the things you think it are important because they're probably not truly find out that 20 percent what's important and figure out how to go for that i think those kinds of things are now in my age, the graying in the chin, getting the gray hair, the chin is is starting to make me feel like there's wisdom. We typically will die that out right away. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do as a community, as an agent, to help your business and to, you know, support your cause to, you know, bring real producers continuing through Central Kentucky and all the franchises? Yeah, I mean, with, with real producers, engagement for realtors is big that I spend my days talking with agents and talking with affiliates. That's really the two the two keys for me. So for agents in this area or any real producer's market is engage with the platform, go to their events. Like every time I have an event, no matter if there's you know a lunch with two or three people or an event like we're having this week where we'll have 90 plus people there, is anytime we do an event, good things come from it. Relationships happen and good things come out of it. So engage with the platform, go to the event. If you can't go to the event, that's fine. But you know, read the publication first and foremost. When when you see a business in there that you already work with, thank them. That they're the reason you get it for free. They they are the reason the affiliates who sponsor this are the reason that this gets that's even exists. Is thank them, and, and also that if there are businesses that are missing, let the franchisee know. Let me know. Hey, you should talk to so and so this business because I think they'd benefit from this platform. Like I don't strong arm anybody into partnering with us. This has to be the right fit for them. And like you said, it's not a no forever. It might just be a no for now. And that's okay. Uh, because I think some businesses wait to see you perform and see how you do and see what, if your credibility is what you think it's going to be. So like, that's what I've spent the last year plus doing is trying to bring credibility to something I fully believe in because I, I love this platform because of the business to business relationships all the way around. 
think that's a great reminder, and I appreciate that, is to invite your affiliates. Everyone likes to be invited. And I think there is just a natural assumption that when we do something, people assume that you're invited. Or I'll use this example. Hey, I'm having a bunch of friends over. We're so excited. It's going to be so great. And you and I are buddies, right? I'm having a group of people come over. We're going to have wine. We're going to have appetizers. But I've never formally said, please come. I just assume yeah. you knew because I've talked about it in front of you. Right. Then, you and then on Monday, I'm like, Aaron, how come you didn't come over? How come you and Denise weren't here? And you're like, you never asked. <laughs> right. And we forget that everybody loves to be invited. Yep. That FOMO is real. Yep. Everybody's afraid of missing out, especially coming out of the pandemic. We want to get back out there. So asking the affiliates and letting the affiliates know, like, this is really good. It's sharing the stories. It's it's promoting the agent. It's promoting the value of the agents. It's sharing stories that make us vulnerable yep. and appreciate that you were part of this or hey, you really need to talk to Aaron and be a part of this because the events are great. And I believe that you've been a big supporter of my business. So come and meet more agents to build your business. Yep. And the support so. thing too, like I think that's important because agents help us find the right affiliates. We don't cold call anybody. I want to know if they are already doing it. Well, don't say that in front of agents. <laughs> well, but picking up the phone yeah. is still, even if it's a, a warm leader and name, it's still frightening That's just right. for entrepreneurs. Yeah. If for whatever reason, that thing can feel heavy. That's why some of those auto dialers. We think there's going to be a big like jaws coming out of the phone right. that's going to bite us. What bad thing is going to come from this? Like the worst, like it's just not that bad. So, and that's why, so our events, they're, they're for the top agents. They're for, you know, true top performers. And then the affiliates who sponsor this, we do have, and, and I've had to turn businesses away because they've signed up or requested to come to our event. I'm like, you're not an affiliate with us. Like, I get it that you want to meet top agents, but for you, like, you've got to be a part of this platform. You can't just come cherry pick it and get a bunch of relationships and bounce. Like, that does not help support the agents for what we do. And and again, that might sometimes just a timing thing. Um, so you know, we're here for the long haul too. So it's, it's not something that's a flash in the pan. And I think that's, that's something that agents love to see and it's grown. I think we've doubled our, our client count for this year so far. So it's, it's good to see that we've attracted the right types of businesses because at the end, they're going to benefit way more than we are. And I think that is for, for whatever they might be spending with us a month, they're going to benefit by meeting two or three more agents because of the amount of volume that comes in and how long you could be sending them business. It, it, sh- like it should be a no brainer for them to partner with us. So how, what comes next? What's 2024 look like for Bluegrass? Uh, real producers, what are some of the big things that you have on the block that we can get excited about or get agents excited to hear about so that they keep their production up to be a part of it? Yeah, I mean, the the event side of things. So we'll have our first event of 24 in, it's either late February or early March. We haven't finalized the details yet. That'll be like our first birthday party. So awesome. and that'll be exciting to see and knowing that we're a year already in business is, is wild. But um, we're also going to get into some panel discussions and figure out the right way to do that because I found that those are exciting, that hearing from top performers on whatever that topic might be is something that other agents can benefit from. So it'll be a social part, but mixed in with educational. So we will be doing that. Um, the goal here is to expand the publication too, so that we're featuring more agents every month. So allowing more space to highlight more, more realtors. 
So that comes with adding more clients. So that's kind of the big part of it is grow the client count, which we grow the pages in the magazine. Therefore, we have more space to do to do articles. Um, because you know, this year we featured 24 realtors. Yeah. Out of the 300, we featured 24. And, and I'll speak like there's some who are on the rise features that were just on the cusp of, of being in the top 300 last year that are in the top 200 now. And part of that is their motivation from being connected to us. The motivation of wanting to receive the publication as a badge of honor. Again, people look at this and it's like, oh, it's just this magazine. It's cha- it's literally changing the way people work in their business. And that excites me. So we'll grow. I'll, we'll add some team members too, to help us with certain things and help us grow and help us with just communication all across the board. So, 24 so there's job opportunities. <laughs> there are. Yep. There's affiliate opportunities. Yep. There's opportunities for agents to grow into the business and be a part of this. Yep and engage and have that collaboration with the top agents. What about for you personally? You have two amazing little boys. You are Mr. Ironman. I saw you did the Ironman run. I'm so impressed. I did a half Ironman. Oh, that's more than an Ironman event, but yes, a 70.3, which is a lot. And my hat's off to anybody who's even attempted a full Ironman. You are your rock star because I won't do it. (laughs) Uh, So for me, like health-wise, I am going to do a couple more triathlons this year. I got into that last year. I've yet to do a hundred mile bike ride. So I'm going to do that this year to support Pelotonia, which is a cancer fundraising uh, opportunity in Columbus. This year, that organization raised $25 million uh, for cancer research. hundred percent of that goes to cancer research. So um, that'll be a, a big personal gain. My boys right now are four and a half and seven. Past ages. So yeah, we are in the thick of uh, sports, the exciting parts of just them being kids. So that's what, one thing I love about running my own business is I can coordinate my schedule. I can't take advantage of it for my own mental competitive edge. Like I don't take advantage of it and just stop working every day at noon. I don't do that. But being present at home is, is important to me because wanting to be around in their lives is and, and be a figure that they can look up to knowing that they do that, but try to intentionally do the right things. That's that's. Well, you don't get time. We all get 24 hours, seven days a week. Nobody gets any more time than the next person. And when I look back, I always told the boys, I can't take things with me, but I can leave the memories with you. Yep. And right now, having that experience all life and creating the moments that lead to the memories for not only my family, the team, but everybody that's around us is probably our number one focus. And I I see you all over social media with your boys, and that's my advice to you as minor graduating college and venturing off to start their own families, hopefully, in the next few years, is create the moments with them because you'll never get it back. Yeah, yeah, and and I value that, too, because my parents were in our lives, and they still are, and they live close to us, so uh, they get to see the kids pretty often, but... I like being a dad that they want to hang out with. And I think that's what we're trying to do is to raise our kids to be men who we would want to spend time with and that they'll want to spend time with us when they are adults. So we raise them with that in mind that we're trying to teach them the life lessons and things that are important and not just give them distractions so that we can have mental space. It's it's hard to be a parent now, John. Everybody wants to be best friends and... I used to tell my boys, my job was given to me by God, yeah. and it wasn't one I could turn down. I'm not sure why I got so lucky to be their mom, um, but my job was to raise a compassionate leader and a gentleman yeah. 
for the world to embrace. And I see you are doing a fine job of doing that. Well, I appreciate it. I, I try. And, and on that side, you asked for books. There's a book I read called Parenting. I think it's by Andy Staley. Parenting. Parenting. Uh, and we're going to have the books all in the description of the podcast yeah. so everybody can... It's by Andy Staley. I would recommend any parent uh, go go read that, especially if you've got kids who are still at home. It's for me. It's it's helped shape my mind on a lot of different things, and part of that is to raise raise kids who want to be around you when they don't have to be around you. That's that's important. So, how do people find you? I so enjoyed getting to know you even more. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. But how do they find you? What's the best way to contact you? Phone, email, social media platforms. Yeah, uh, social media, we're, we're there. Bluegrass Real Producers, Instagram and Facebook. I kind of run that on my own too. I've got a team that helps, but if DMs or anything come in there, they're it's they're getting me. <laughs> um, email is also pr- pretty easy. So it's ahutch at realproducersmag.com. Uh, since I work from home and I'm, I'm behind the computer all day for Zoom calls, I'm, I'm pretty attentive to, to email. So those are usually the easiest ways. And then we can we can always follow with the phone call. Like that's what I like to, to get it to is, is to get to hear someone's voice and then ultimately see their face and, and see if it, you know anything that we can help them with as is possible. And he is the real deal. If you reach out to him, he is the one answering the phone. He's the one responding to you. He's the one sending the message back. And that's a rarity. And it's, I mean, it's tough. You, you can feel the heart and soul of you inside of all of this. And that's what makes it so special, I think. Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah. that. Well, I've enjoyed you. Hope you've enjoyed your time at the bourbon table. Yes. You are always welcome in our happy place. So you be sure to come back and visit us all the time. We've got great events. You're always welcome to them. Yes, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another great podcast. Thank you so much for joining us at the Just Ask Malia's podcast series. It's always a pleasure to help the local and future residents of Kentucky make smart real estate decisions. And we love connecting you to our community. And that's why we do this. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast series. Make sure your friends and family know all about it. Tag, like us, find us on Facebook, social media. And remember, when you're ready to buy, sell, build, or invest, I'm your girl, Just Us Malia.